Bibles, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 6 is where we're going to take our text and we're going to start reading at verse number 11. We're going to read a handful of verses here together and as you come to your place, would you stand with us uh, for the reading of the Word of God, Hebrews chapter number 6 and we are going to start at verse number 11 and uh, look here at this and some of this Maybe all of this might be very familiar to you, uh, but we're going to look here. Uh, the Apostle Paul, believed to be the writer of the book of Hebrews, and uh, we're going to look here at uh, some of these things that I believe the Lord would like us to know and, and, and hear this morning. As a matter of fact, I'm often... I'm often amazed and humbled over the fact the way that God confirms His Word. And there are some things that were said uh, here this morning uh, in this uh, worship service. And some of the songs and things that just work hand in hand with what I believe God would want to remind us of today. But Hebrews 6 verse 11, if you're there with me, would you say amen? The Bible says, and we desire... That every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Show the same diligence. Be diligent about the hope that we have. And be diligent to operate, live. And I, this is me paraphrasing. If you're looking at your Bible saying, I don't see what, what that says there. This is me paraphrasing. Be diligent to practice, believe, hold on to these things. And notice what he said. Do this to the very end. Do it to the end. Be diligent to do it. And that you be not slothful or lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Saying, surely blessings, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, that speaking of Abraham, he obtained the promise. Brother Eddie, it means it became reality. For men verily swear by the greater. And an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath or by a promise, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible, somebody shout impossible, it was impossible for God to lie. For we might have a strong consolation or reward who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. And which entereth into that within the veil. If I can, for just a few moments this morning, I want to preach on this thought. And it might sound a little bit strange or weird that I would title it this way after we have heard about uh, and read about here God's enduring promise. We see about the hope. We see the fact He cannot lie. We see the fact that this hope and His promises are that anchor that we can hold on to. But this morning I want to preach on the thought of God won't do that. Amen. God won't do that. And if you will, can we just agree together in prayer one more time. Ask the Lord's help. Father, we thank you once again for your word. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your people. And I ask that you would go before us. Anoint, Father, I pray. I hold to the promise this morning that your word will accomplish what it's sent to do. I pray you help me. Anoint me, Father, in my inadequacies, in my frailty, Lord. Hide me behind the cross of Christ. Lord, let us hear you today and let us see you. 
And Father, we'll be quick to give you thanks and praise for what you'll do in this altar. Challenge our hearts. Speak to us, Lord, I do ask. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive and understand. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And all that loving would say, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. God won't do that. Amen. Have you ever had somebody who would give you such a statement? Or have you, in your own situations, made that declaration of determination in the fact that I am not going to do this or I am not going to do that? And uh, sometimes it is a, a real reflection of our stubborn personality. Maybe sometimes it is a reflection of an attitude that we might carry. Maybe sometimes it is you are staunch and you are strict upon the fact that you will not allow yourself to cross a certain line or to participate in certain behavior. Maybe it is a fact that you have decided you will not bend your will to certain things. Now, I have been amazed at various things as to uh, what uh, folks will not do. There are some folks, I mean, if, if it comes, you could put a particular plate of food in front of them, and there could maybe be some veggies, or there could be some meat. And uh, have you ever noticed, You've never seen negotiation, tears, or frustration than when it is a parent and a toddler that is negotiating over the food that's going to be eaten. And uh, some of us have tried the, the various uh, uh, tested and tried and true formats of you're not getting up from this table. Until you eat such and such. Till you do. And have you ever dealt with a strong-willed mini-me version? Some of there's some of you. You're sitting there, and already your blood's a boiling because you remember. And your your kid's 12 years old now, but you still remember the day that World War III broke out in your kitchen. Amen. Because that child would not budge. They weren't going to eat that broccoli. They weren't going to eat that. They wanted ch chicken nuggets and French fries somebody and they were I mean and you were crying and they were crying and you've done wore your arm out some of you done beat them half to death and now they can't even eat because they've been snotting and crying all over the food and and mama's crying and daddy's flustering it you know how that's why you're smiling at me some of you saying was you at my breakfast table this morning because somebody who says, I won't do that. Have you ever had an item that a toddler, a child, would snatch up in the palm of their hand? And with lightning speed, they run across the room. Have you ever tried to pry that hand open before? I mean, it is like the iron claw. It is a grip. And I, you're trying to get that hand open. And that child is exhibiting, I won't do that. And, and uh, those are just a few examples. And there are some things that, that you know that, that you have set the standards. You have set the, 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 I mean, the line's been drawn in the sand. Uh, that there are certain things you will not do. And as a matter of fact, uh, some of you will even double dog dare somebody to try to get you to do otherwise. If they try to do that, there's going to be a fight on their hand. There's going to be an argument ensued. Amen. You will even dig your heels in a little bit deeper just to prove it. Just to prove that it's not going to be done. It's like the story of that little boy who was in trouble by his mama. And she, was, she got on to him golden him and it was one of those events and moments where mom's crying the child's crying and she said you get over there and she they, they had a timeout chair and she said you get over there and you sit down in that timeout chair oh how I prayed to God sometimes my mom believed in a timeout chair surprisingly you know, the furniture store didn't carry that back in 1980. I, my mama didn't have a timeout chair. Uh -uh. No. Yeah. Mama had kitchen spoon and mama had belt. And, mom, and if that wouldn't suffice, there was switches that you'd just get, you know. 
And nothing was strike fear more. And some of these kids look at me like, what are they talking about? But nothing would strike fear in your heart more than you'd go down and you'd have to pick a switch out. And if you didn't pick one out good enough, they'd go and get one. See, I'm not so young that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, amen, brother. I, that, I, that I wouldn't brought up in such a way. I mean that a thin switch would, I mean, burn your back parts up in a hurry. Amen. But mama didn't have a timeout chair, but this mom did. And she told that baby, said, you go and you sit down in that chair. And he went over there and he just stood by that chair. And he's a crying, she's a crying. She said, I said, sit down in that chair. And finally he sat down in that chair and his face is red and he's a crying and she's a crying. And he said, I might be sitting down right now, but in my heart I'm standing up. Amen. In other words, he, I mean, he wanted her to know in his spirit he was not doing what she told him to do. Isn't it interesting as to how we can get very set upon things that won't be done? Isn't it interesting, have you found, and maybe even in the course of this week, have you seen even, have you noticed how much time, effort, and energy that the enemy will expend and expel in order to make you believe that there are things in your life, things for your family, things for what you're believing for, things that maybe you are wanting forgiveness of, things that you need deliverance for, strength that you need. Amen. In this walk with God, have you found it interesting that Brother Eli... We find ourselves bombarded over the fact that with great convincing strength, with great tenacity, the enemy will show up day after day, sometimes hour after hour, moment after moment. I mean, you can leave the prayer closet and before you get situated doing something else, the enemy will show up and he will expend all of his efforts brother Coleman to tell us God won't do that God can't do that God isn't going to do that God can't save one. God can't deliver that one. Oh, you went through the motions. You had everybody gather around and pray. You had the pastor anoint you with oil. Oh, I know you've been fasting. I know you've been in the Word of God. I know you've been worshiping even when your body didn't feel like it. But we are all plagued with an incessant story that rings in our ears and settles down into our hearts where the adversary wants you to know that in your life, in your situation, that God is unable to move on your behalf. That God is unable to speak into that situation. That God is unable to save your child. That God is unable to operate and open doors and work in his powerful ways, amen, so that the things you're believing for would get done. We find all throughout Scripture that there are those great men of God, God's people in different ways and different extremes that when we find that they are pushed, when we find that they are at their wit's end, when we find that they are in their greatest depth of struggle that there is that, that that resounding and familiar voice that comes from hell itself we come to find that in different times and in different seasons that men and women of God have wrestled and struggled and have heard such things has heard such uh, such a pathetic Pathetic lies that have that to them it rang true. To them they couldn't, Brother Ringo, see a way out. To them, Sister Letha, they couldn't find a way in the sense that it looked like this time that hell was going to win. It looked like this time that all of their fears would come true. It looked like this time there was no recovery as to what was going to trans, uh, transpire. We find it in the lives of the 
patriarchs, the forefathers of the faith. You can see and you can read the details in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Every one of those that came up against times and situations where the promises of God were attacked, where the truth of God's word was slandered, where their faith at times was wavering because there were situations, there were people, there were doubters, there were those that would come or it was their own self-doubt that would begin to say that God is not able to do this. I just shared with you briefly the story this morning during prayer time that man named Certain showed up and told the Jairus said you quit troubling the master. You quit praying. You just let him go home. Amen. Because in other words Sister Laura he was trying to say it's over and done and Christ is not in the business or does he want to be bothered by things that are done. Go on back home Jesus. Go on back to where you were. There are some under the sound of my voice that there are things you've been praying for. There are people you've been praying for in this time of consecration, in this time of fasting, in this time where you've been warring and and wanting the mind of God you already know you've been up against some challenges you've been up against some doubts you've been up against some things where the enemy has done his best to sow the seeds of disillusionment oh to plant the seeds of discouragement and doubt where the fowls of the air will show up to eat up the good word of God the seed of God's word and eat it up so it can't be planted in your heart oh but I came to tell somebody this morning that no matter the lies that hell perpetuates no matter how convincing it might seem in the fact that God won't do this or God won't do that I'm glad today that we have precious eternal and powerful promises from the word of God that we can hold fast to when hell says that he won't may there be some people that'll say watch what my God will do watch what God will accomplish on behalf of those that love him on behalf of those that will trust him I understand today let me just and you understand this as well but let me just reiterate this would everybody do this right here Just do this. I'm wanting to show you the location of the place where the greatest battles are going to take place. You thought it was at your job. Somebody say, I work with a bunch of heathens. I mean, if I was a boss, I'd fire them all. All this one, that one, that, but that ain't that ain't it. That ain't the place of your greatest battle. You think maybe it's some there maybe there's dissension, maybe there's some contention between you and maybe a family member, something of that nature. And you'd say, Well, and you could spit off the address, say, that's where the biggest battle is. No, sir, no ma'am. You might think your biggest battle is at the bank. You might think your biggest battle is the bills. You might think your biggest battle is the doctor. Let me just say this. All of these things stem and the problems in these areas will produce different things. But right here, Sister Laura, this is it. This is the greatest battlefield. And can I tell you, if the enemy works overtime on anything, he wants to work on overtime to get into the recesses of your thoughts, to sow those seeds of doubt. to to where you yourself would believe that God just won't do it. See, it's one thing when somebody else convinces us, but it's even a more difficult thing when we are convinced of something ourselves. Have you ever met somebody who was a habitual liar? I mean, you couldn't trust them for anything. And have you ever found it... And please hear what I'm saying. We know lying is wrong. As a matter of fact, the word of God tells us that if you're going to be a liar, that's how you're going to live and that's how you're going to operate. He said, all liars have their place in the lake of fire. It's amazing to me in our society of those who live by this standard, and that is 
Everybody lies sometimes. Everybody's got to lie a little bit. I'm sorry you've been lied to. I'm sorry, and I, and I don't even know why I'm saying this. Maybe somebody here struggling with it. You know the Lord can give you victory over that today. God can deliver you from that. But not only is a liar dangerous, and, and, and a liar dealing with a liar is a pet peeve of mine. I just, I, I, I can't hardly tolerate it. But I'll tell you one thing that's even more dangerous than a liar. Is the liar that has lied so much that he believes his own lie. That he firmly believes, Brother Tobin, that what he is saying, that what he is doing, whatever the hypocritical standards, whatever story they've concocted in their mind, however many lies have been told to cover up one lie, it just becomes the narrative. It just becomes the thing. And they are, Michael Shirley, so engulfed and entrapped in it. And it's a dangerous place when there is a person who believes lies to be truth, who believes the lie that they have been professing and we have to be careful because we fall and can be in the same state well brother Jacob I'm not lying but what I'm getting at is is that when you believe a lie when you get to the point where you are convinced that it's truth when you are convinced that it's that's this is how it's going to be when you are convinced of things that are not there have you ever noticed that the power of your mind has the ability to fabricate out of thin air what are believed to be facts. You ever notice that? I know you're not shouting there, but I'm preaching the truth. Have you ever been so convinced? Have you ever been so sure? Have you ever just, I mean, your mind was made up only to your embarrassment, only to your frustration that you spent so much time believing a lie. And I want you to understand, you may not be the one lying. It might be the enemy. It might be others. It might be circumstance or situation. But my friends, it is dangerous when we allow ourselves to believe such. From the very beginning, we find that Satan has spun a story. We find from the very beginning... We find where he is having as he's in the, in the serpent and he is talking with Eve in the garden. And she said, we can't eat of this tr the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Said God said that we would die. But brother Gerard, we come to find is that essentially Satan said, God won't do that. God won't do that. Why? What did he say? He said, you won't surely die. He said, what it is, he said, God's wanting to keep you from things. Because he knows if you eat of this, your eyes will be open. And he said, you will be like God's. He said, you're not going to die over, kill over. God's not going to do that. There are things that are truths of God's word as to where the enemy is looking to twist and looking to manipulate. He wants to destroy the word of God. He wants to try to cripple the promises of God. He wants you to get your eyes, get your heart, feast upon the pain of disappointments, to look only and solely at the circumstance that is before you and all of the things that are wrong, prodigals that are disinterested, children that are lost and you would think I don't know how they would at this point ever come into church, how they would ever be born again, how there could ever, it is a body is racked with pain or eat up with disability can God really heal me when they pray for me when we talk about by his stripes that we are healed if you're not careful the enemy says that's for this one but it is not for you God will not do that and therefore we feast and we feed and we believe the lies and we grow disheartened we are frustrated we we become defeated. But I want to remind you today that actually there are some things that God won't do. I want to remind you some things today that God just won't do that. Some of these are going to be very elementary. You probably will not leave here 
with thinking, boy, this is some grand revelation that pastor gave us today. I can promise you there's better preachers than I. There's better ones that can communicate these truths than I can. But I just want to tell you a few things of what God won't do. We find looking at this that the word of God says that when God had made a promise to Abraham that he swore this oath. He made this promise by himself. Since there was no one greater by whom to swear. And we come to find that God, when he is making covenant with Abraham, and he has given promise. And I want to point out the fact to you today that the promise of that covenant not only started on a starry night out in the middle of the wilderness with Abraham, but still to this day, Sister Linda, when you look through the course of time where Israel still is today, I want you to understand understand that covenant still remains sure and we found as Gentiles as we have been brought into the family of God as we've been in those same precious promises brother Chad they kept those that came before me in the faith they're keeping me now and I know they'll keep my child your children your grandchildren because God will not fail I want to tell somebody write it down put it in your head hide it in your heart one thing God will not do he will not fail. He is incapable of it. He don't know how to spell it. He don't know how to think it. He don't know how to rationalize failure because with God brother Danny, he's always doing it. Always. We use a term batting a thousand. Baby, God don't ever strike out. God don't ever miss the basket. God don't ever not have the touchdown. God don't ever not meet the mark. I want to tell somebody the morning in this house I don't know what you're up against I don't know what you're facing but I want you to know God won't fail you he has made a promise he has made a covenant and he stands by it on his own accord on his own promise you hear what I'm saying God said Abraham he said this is what I'm going to do for you I want you to notice something at this point in time some of the things that God was saying seems pretty far out there. He's saying, I'm going to give you a, a, a people from you is going to come descendants like the sand of the sea and stars in the sky. Sister Chambly, do you know when God is speaking this to Abraham, he is 75 years old. Some would say, well, you know, God, if I'm just being honest with you. I mean, I think you might want to recalibrate this contract, you know. And this is the thing that also makes it just astounding to Abraham. Abraham knows where he's at in life. He knows what's going on, and here he is. He's trying to think, how in the world, what is this going to be? He, God reassures him because Abraham in his humanity, in thinking there's no way this is humanly possible, how is this going to take place? And Abraham, if you go back and read in Genesis, when they're having conversation, he and God, we come to find that even Abraham said, well, maybe it's the fact that you're going you're gonna to do this through my servant. I don't have a... A boy at the house. I don't have children to carry this promise on. Maybe it's through some servants in my house. Those that have been faithful with me. Faithful to me. Maybe God's going to work through them. He said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, from your loins. He said, from your body. From your seed. Oh, he said, from you and Sarah. He said, I'm going to give you a child of promise. I'm going, I want you to know that I'm going to do a work. And, and I want you to understand that I mean what I say. Because when God is speaking to Abraham I want you to know that every thee and and whatsoever he said every time it comes out brother Jay it's law it's contract non-negotiable oh I pray you see we've reached a point where so much is negotiated we're looking for loopholes everywhere we're looking for stuff everywhere I want to tell somebody there's some of you that God has spoken some things specifically to your heart you know you're supposed to do it you know you're supposed to act on it but we will try to give God an out when we will backtrack and say well now, now God you know if it's your will and you kind of sort of want to feel like it 
Reminds me of a story Dr. Tony Evans shared. He said they were preaching a, a, a big crusade in one of the inner cities. He said they already, I mean, the money was spent. The stadium was rented. All the radio advertisements, television advertisements had went out. They were there. People were coming. They had a three-night crusade. God was working. He said they were getting ready. People's in line. And he said the weather report was not good. He said, I'm talking about a massive storm, thunder, lightning. He said, you could look in the back horizon. He said, it was as black as night. Uh, He said, lightning popping and thunder roaring and all of those things. And he said, uh, an hour before we're supposed to start, uh, he said, myself and several pastors from the area, he said, we got in that back back room. uh, And he said, we're all there. And he said, you know, we started praying the way that... We all pray when it looks like uh, it's just not going to go the way we think. And he said, we started praying, saying, Lord, if it be your will, you just, you know, make the storm pass us by. If you feel like it, Lord, you just go ahead and make this storm to stop and and all of that. He said, we were praying in such a way that we were not going to be disappointed if the storm came, that we would have an out. And he said, there was a little lady who was back there he said barely stood five foot tall and she stood in the middle of them preachers and she said Dr. Evans she said I know y'all just prayed she said but would y'all care if I prayed and he said we were trying to be you know diplomatic and kind and and we said yeah go ahead sis you just go ahead and pray and he said that sister stood in the middle of us preachers and he said I mean with heaven sent authority she said God you know the date had been set the money's been spent and the souls that need the gospel are outside of the doors of this stadium and she said God I don't believe you want to embarrass yourself by allowing this storm to come to stop the events of this night so therefore God since you're not in the business of embarrassing yourself I proclaim and declare that this storm would cease you're still the master of the season you're still the god of the storm and Dr. Evans said when she said amen he said every preacher standing there was real quiet he said I mean she essentially gave us a what for because of her faith and he said I couldn't believe it he said that storm was right headed straight for that stadium and he said when I tell you just like the Red Sea parted he said that those clouds went directly around that stadium he said it rained on this side and it rained on that side he said it lightened over there and it thundered back there and he said but there was like a perfect bubble over that outdoor stadium he said the storm went directly around us he said it didn't bother us at all because there was somebody who was going to say God this is what you said and this is what you I pray to God there would be some folks that had rise up one more time and instead of coming in this house beat down every Sunday you've got to have spiritual CPR every week what would happen if there's some folks that said it may not be going my way it may not look great but God is God and he's going to do what he said he would do And I'm going to start acting like it. I want to tell the church that. Why don't you start acting like it? Why don't you just start believing it? Why don't, well, because if we do that, somebody's going to say, we're crazy. You've been called worse. Come on. You doing that, Brother Jake, you're going to run everybody off. Then, well, if there's just two or three of us, we're going to see God do it anyway. You hear what I'm saying? God, they confronted Jesus about paying his taxes. I want to tell you, he see, he told, was it Peter? There's one of the disciples. He said, you go down there. He said, look down there at the bank. He said, there's a fish. He said, open its mouth. You'll find a coin in it to pay the tax bill. 
Come on here. The God I serve, he'll put coin in fish's mouth. He'll cause the prodigal sitting in the pig pen, Sister Anna. He can be at work. He can be on an oil rig. He can be wherever he wants to be. He can try to drink it away in a bar room. He can try to run from it. They can try to pop a pill. They can try to get away from the family. They can try to hide in the bushes. They can try to hide in the places. And I'm going to tell you that Holy Ghost, he shows up right in the middle of prisons and addictions and problems and I want to tell somebody I don't know where your baby is I don't know what's going on in your life I don't know what tears you're shedding I don't know what's going on but I do know this God he won't fail God will not break Sister Debbie has promised Somebody give him praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I can't believe folks had it act that way. I can't folks that believe get all that excited. You need a fresh dose of reality, sir. You need a fresh dose of reality. Well, I have it because it seems like this ain't happening. I'm here to tell you, you ought to square your shoulders and start declaring to the devil, God won't let me down. God will not forsake me. God has promised by his word. So start acting like it. Start living like it. You know what the problem is? Too many in the church pews were living like God's dead. We're living like God's dead. We're acting when we pray, our prayers are timid and weak. When we live, we're, we're, like I said, we're living on the cusp and looking for loopholes to let God out. Well, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to say this is going to happen and it don't happen. I, I don't want to believe this and this don't happen. God told Abraham, Abraham didn't know how this was going to work out. But God looked around and he said, I don't see anybody else more powerful. I don't see anybody else who's the creator of the universe. I don't see anybody else who's the king of heaven. So I'm going to give you this promise. And I'm going to swear upon my name. I'm going to swear upon my word. I want to tell somebody, it is God's will that your children are saved. It is God's will that the prodigals come home. It is God's will that your body is healed. Oh, but Brother Jake, but you don't understand the last report I got. I understand that. I get it. And right there is wrestling matches and challenges with what God won't do. Don't believe that. Don't believe it. Amen. I know many of you heard the story of the woman at the little church. The town was in severe drought. The drought was so bad. I'd like to imagine it was like this last summer. Matter of fact, the city officials of Beaumont, I don't know if you know this, but they called a day of prayer for rain. Back Back years ago, there was, a little, there was a lady attending a little church. And the pastor got everybody de- together and said, crops are dying. Livestock's dying. It's a bad drought. We need rain. Come to find, he got everybody together. So we're going to pray and fast for rain. And so they did that. Brother Jimmy, the next service, that little sister, she reached in the back seat of the car. She pulled out her umbrella. Popped it open. Went walking to the church. Somebody said, oh, sis, you protecting yourself from the sun? She said, nope, I'm getting ready for rain. Come on here. I'm getting ready for rain. I pray, oh, Sister Linda, Sister Faye. Brother Jerry, we need some. Amen. Let me tell you something. I know Brother Robert used to talk about some of the great-haired saints, uh, that that was his power team. You ain't got to worry about Brother Jake bringing in the power team, ripping phone books up and cracking baseball bats and bending rebarb uh, to show you that God's strong. But I've got some. I've got some Lindas and Fays. I've got some Sandys and I've got some Marys. I've got some Jimmys and I've got some Gerards and Bambies. I've got some Sister Sylvias. I've 
I've got some folks that they know how to touch God. I got some folks that are going to be some umbrella carriers. And I pray to God that we would capture that, Sister Lindy. I pray to God, quit worrying about what your neighbor's going to say. Quit worrying about what your family's going to say. Because when God does it, they're going to come to you and say, Can you tell me more about how he works and what he's done? May we prepare for what God is going to do. He will not fail. It goes without saying, but let me just remind you, and let me tell you this, God won't forget. God won't forget. There are some of you, you can't remember what you had for breakfast an hour ago. But, you will never forget what somebody said or done 56 years ago. I better take you back and I'll just preach here a little bit. Amen. Some of you, you know right where you were. You know what was going on. How many songs they sang. You know which brethren were the ushers that night. The night, amen, that somebody wounded you in such a way. Somebody hurt you. And you haven't forgot it since then. Have you noticed that forgetfulness is also an act of convenience? When you don't hold up your end of the bargain. Have you noticed how easy it is to say. I forgot. I forgot. Sometimes you forgot. Sometimes it's an excuse. Because you didn't want to follow through. Sometimes it's an excuse. Every child in here knows and understands. When they ask their parents something and mom and dad says, we'll see. You know what that means. It's no. In case you you was wondering. You know some of you when you're invited to come fellowship with folks, you say, I'll see. I might have something to do. We know it's a no, right? We know it's a no. We can forget, we can conveniently not remember certain things, and it creates an escape door for us. I want you to notice what the Word of God says here. God gave the promise, He swore by Himself, but notice what was a requirement of those who were given such promises. We find the introduction of this text, Brother Coleman. It says it encourages us to be diligent. To be diligent in regards to the hope that is before us. That we keep the due diligence to pursue hope. To believe God until the very end. I've seen folks that believe God for healing in their bodies. They stood on God's word. They believed he would do it, Sister Lindy. And they died anyway. But do you know what didn't change? Sister Brenda, I could go into a hospital room. I could pray with them. I could encourage them. And I, and, and I went to encourage them. And I would be the one leaving encouraged. Because until their last breath, they held on to the due diligence of hope. To say, I know that God can. They, were not dis- they did not feel like they were disenfranchised, that God slighted them, that God didn't care about them, that God didn't love them. But they showed that they held on to hope until the very end. Until the very end. And, and then we find where the Word of God tells us about the patience. What did it say about Abraham? Abraham, he patiently endured until he obtained. Now, I'm going to tell you right there, you didn't know the Bible had so many cuss words, did you? For some of us, patience is a big cuss word. And then you start adding endurance with it. Oh, that's double trouble. I mean, he wants us to patiently endure. I mean, that, that don't even make sense. I don't, I don't even see how that's possible. Because, and we've preached about this on several occasions and several times, it's because we no longer exhibit patience. We want God to do things yesterday. We want God to do it quickly. 
We want God, and if in one week it doesn't change, you start believing God won't do it. If it doesn't change in a month, two months, three months, some of you say, well, I've been waiting 10 years, 18 years, and, and it, it's just not, you know, uh, uh, it's just God won't do it. The Word of God says He patiently endured. I want you to know there's about a 24-year gap of time from when God tells Abraham, you are going to have a child from the time that Isaac is born. 24 years. Now there's some saying in here right now and you want to cross your arms and look at me and say, well bless God, I've been waiting longer than 24 years. Bless your heart. I'm not here to undermine the, the, the time frame, but here's what I will remind you is we've already established in times past, God, I don't believe he knows how to tell time. Because his time frame is completely different than ours. And I also do know and believe that God can't really count. You have to go back in the archives and listen to some of those messages. And I'm not going to re-preach it to make this point to you, but I'm going to say this, is that we have to quit living under the assumption that just because time has passed or it hasn't happened right now, that God has forgotten. Because if, if the enemy can't make you believe that God won't fail, that, that he would fail you, then he will do his best to make you believe that God will forget you. That God will forget you, your need, your pain, your problem, your child, your situation. Sister Carolyn, if you'd come, or Brother Danny, I, whomever's going to come help me this morning. You see, I want to remind you, God won't fail you and God won't forget you. And last but not least, I want you to remember, God's not going to forsake you. He's not going to. I want to reiterate this fact. It's kind of been a little bit of a theme here in the, in the month of January. It showed up in the messages that I've preached or that others have preached. And this is what fact I'm talking about. Is that if we are in a place... If you're sitting here today and you think that God has forsaken you, that God is disinterested in you, that he went somewhere, I want to remind you this morning that God has not went anywhere. We don't like to hear this, but it's oftentimes our doubt you ready for this one? There's times it's our sin. There's times that it's our impatience, us not being interested. There's times, Sister Sylvia, it's us not making priority for the things of God. That creates distance. That creates a divide. Did you know, this is Bible, this ain't pastor's opinion. If there's sin in your life, unrepented, you know, you know you've got sin in your life. And you're not making things right. You're not asking for forgiveness. You're not repenting of that sin. Do you know your prayers will be hindered? It will be. Do you know... That if you've got aught against brothers and sisters, if your heart is not right with the people that you worship with, and let me even go further than that, but the people in your own home, did you know that those attitudes, that spirit, that mind, it will hinder God's work in your life? You see, we won't always blame the devil. We won't always blame the circumstance. 
We want to always blame certain things, but it boils down to the fact that there are a lot of things that if today you're wondering and you say, God, if you, you believe that God won't or that God can't, I would say, why don't you allow the Holy Ghost to put the mirror up in front of us today and say, God, are there things that I'm doing? Are there ways I'm behaving? Are there thoughts I'm thinking? Is there a way that I'm acting and talking? Is there things in my heart that are prohibiting me from breakthrough for you being at work in my life? You see, using terminology of a stock market, a dividend is a payout from a company. You invest in a company if I had investments in McDonald's and I put money in, if the company's profitable, I'm going to receive a dividend. I'm going to receive a payment by way of my investment. And did you know that in the church, too many times, we are making little to no investment in the things of God and what God has asked of us, but yet we stand around with our hands out and we want full dividends. We want full payment. We want full this. We want all the benefits. We want all the glorious things. But I'm telling you this morning, church, I'd be standing here lying to you if I said that God honored such because He doesn't. He doesn't. I want someone to remember this morning, though. God, He won't fail you. God won't forget you. And God won't forsake you. But maybe it's a matter of turning back towards Him. Maybe today it's a matter of letting some things go. Maybe today it's a matter of getting some things under the blood. Maybe today it's a matter that you find a place today and say, God, don't let me believe one other lie of the enemy. But I want to believe what your word says is true. And I want to act like it. I want to live like it. I want to worship like it. I want to pray like it. I want it to consume every part of my life that I could be a walking advertisement for the fact that I believe that God can. With every head bowed all over this place. Father, we thank you today for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word again. And I thank you for your people. And I'm asking right now, Lord, that you would challenge our hearts by way of the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord, you would deal with us and speak to us today. Some who are wrestling, some who are struggling, some who are in a place. And, Lord, the truth of the matter is that oftentimes it's all of us. There's places we all struggle, places we all doubt, places we all have fears and anxieties. But, God, today, help us to remember there are some things you just won't do. And you won't fail us. You won't forsake us. You're not going to forget us. And Lord, I pray, challenge our hearts. That you this morning, you'd say, Pastor, I want to take opportunity to be in his presence this morning. The Holy Ghost is reminding me of some things. The Holy Ghost is dealing with me about some things. And I... I want to approach Him and I want to stand in the promise. I want to patiently endure. I want to believe and know that He can and that He will. And I want to act like it, live it, worship like it, practice it every day. If that's us, why don't we come find ourselves a place in these altars? Why don't you come this morning and say, Lord, today you know. You know my heart. Oh, the cry. Lord, today you know the burden. You know exactly what's going on. And Lord, this morning we need you. Lord, this morning we're trusting you. Lord, this morning we're believing you. Oh, Lamb of God, I pray you would challenge our hearts today. Lord, today, today, Lord, I'm asking. Today, Lord, I'm trusting. He ba la ba shoto, ba 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 ba.